MSW Media. News with swearing. Daily beans, daily beans. Daily beans, daily beans. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Thursday, March 11th, 2021. Today, the House debated and passed the COVID relief bill despite another attempt by Marjorie Taylor Greene to adjourn. Biden will announce a plan to purchase 100 million more doses of the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. Merrick Garland has been confirmed as Attorney General. More updates on the Manhattan DA's investigation into the Trump Organization. A court has dismissed Donald's lawsuit against the New York Times. A new poll shows over 75% of Americans support the COVID relief package. A second Oath Keeper seen guarding Roger Stone the day of the insurrection has been arrested, and the Senate has confirmed Marsha Fudge as the Secretary of Housing and Urban Development. I'm A.G. And I'm Dana Goldberg. Hey, Dana. Happy Thursday. How are you? Happy Thursday, G. I'm doing well. We're going to get getting through another week. I've uh, nothing, nothing bad has happened. Um, <laughs> I, as we're recording this, it's the one-year anniversary of my last live gig, so I'm having some feelings about that. I'm feeling the weight of the pandemic and sort of the the wall we've all been hitting. I'm feeling it pretty hard today, but uh, getting through it and seeing a light, even if it's just the tiniest light at the end of the tunnel. So good stuff to come. Yes. And a couple of things happened today that helped make that light a little brighter. We'll talk about that. And then, of course, I'm going to talk to Ellie Honig today. Not, of course, but, you know, you know, per use. I talked to Ellie Honig. We're going to discuss that new video by the FBI that they put out that, had you know, the pipe bomber. Mm hmm. So we'll talk about that and potential charges that that person faces. And they're pretty epic. Yeah. And uh, it's Thursday. So that means that uh, you and I will be on the stereo app tonight at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 Eastern to have our little after party fun, fun times. Definitely. If you're not on there, um, please join. It's free. And if you are on there, make sure you follow Allison and me so that you can um, be aware of all the happenings and be on, you know, be on the show with us, literally on the show with us. You you can submit your questions live. Yeah, it's super fun. That's again, go to Stereo.com slash Allison Gill. You can sign up. It's free. It's free to join. It's for the public. Don't have to be a patron. But speaking of patrons, thanks to the incredible response just from yesterday from our listeners buying premium memberships for those who can't swing it. Your response is incredible. You all are. You're just amazing all of you super incredible people thank you for for doing what you're doing uh and if you can't swing a patron membership a premium membership for ad-free episodes and early episodes you can sign up to to get one donated by one of our awesome already patrons and you can do that at dailybeanspod.com just scroll to the bottom of the front page so today we got Marsha fudge confirmed Mm -hmm. at hud which is amazing and incredible and she's going to be wonderful she's former representative and, uh, of course, the big news, da-da-da, Merrick Garland. And he got 70 votes. So I hit that nail on the head. I'm, this uh, land is your land. This land is Garland. <laughs> from the forest <laughs> to the Gulf Stream waters. So uh, 30 Republicans voted against his confirmation. Uh, that would be who I investigate first. But that's uh, just probably me. Yeah. You make yourself look a little guiltier when you're like, <laughs> nope. <laughs> not that guy. <laughs> uh, note, that's a joke. I do not want him to go after people who voted against him for political reasons. <laughs> don't uh, yeah. don't misinterpret my, uh, my hee-haw right there. Um, but this is all very good news, and we have a lot more news to get to. So let's do it. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. Okay, lead story today is the passage of the historic American Rescue Plan. I have a lot more details for you about this, along with the incredibly racist comment uttered by the representative from Wisconsin, Glenn Grothman, on the House floor during debate about the COVID relief bill before the vote was cast. He said that Black Lives Matter and Black Americans don't like the concept of the old-fashioned family. Um, I I don't know if he means old-fashioned family like cis white hetero family who everyone drinks and there's um you know uh, mom's uncle uh, <laughs> assaults the children and uh you know i don't know what he mean 
I mean, I guess... Don't, you can't even speculate. Where are you going to put your beans on this? It sounds racist as fuck. I mean, how would you know what he actually meant by that? I don't think you can accurately Mm-mm. say. Yeah. Mm-mm. Well, Shiro, delegate from the Virgin Islands, Stacey Plaskett, had something to say about that. I'll be going over that. I'll play that clip for you, along with some of the other previous uh, known provisions of the bill and some new ones that were that are coming to light. And we'll, I'll do that a bit later in the show. Marjorie Taylor Greene attempted to adjourn the House today again to delay COVID relief to millions of Americans, and a roll call vote was requested. In fast fashion, the House voted uh, voted it down, uh, including 49 Republicans voted against this to tell uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene to go fuck herself yeah. uh, with her with her abuse of the procedures. Actually, it's 40 Republicans, pardon me. Um, so she's not long for her job, I don't think. I'm hoping she'll be voted out in 2022, provided her Democratic opposition isn't forced out of the race again no after the deadline passes to replace them, leaving her once again to run unopposed. Or maybe she'll be primaried by a better Republican. But, you know, I really hope we find out what happened with that particular you know, sudden leaving of of the race. You remember last September, it was Kevin Van Ousdel. Absolutely. He wrote on Twitter he was quitting the contest for that seat. Um, she she won her party's nomination um, in a conservative district of Northwest Virginia, making her the likely winner uh, at the time. Now, he's, he tweeted, quote, I'm heartbroken to announce that for family and personal reasons, I cannot continue this race for Congress. That's what he said on Twitter. He said, the next steps in my life are taking me away from Georgia. And he also denounced dangerous extremism like the the candidacy of Marjorie Greene. So it sounds to me like he, he was threatened. He was, from what we understand, was threatened by QAnon supporters that, you know, his, yeah. his wife, his kids, and this was life-threatening uh, things. So he had to, for the safety of his family, get them out. And by the time that um, he had come back in to be able to run, the like you said, the deadline had expired. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, Georgia's Democratic Party urged Brad Raffensperger, Ben Roethlisberger, to allow Democrats to name a replacement. But um, Jordan Fox, that's what I call him. I know it's Fuchs, but Jordan Fox responded in a statement. Uh, the law is clear. Mr. Van Oustel can withdraw his candidacy or remain on the ballot. He cannot be replaced. So Georgia law says a vacancy created by a candidate's withdrawal less than 60 days from the election can't be filled. Representative Tom Graves, the retiring Republican who was vacating that seat, announced that Friday he would leave Congress in October when the House will likely recess instead of January when his successor took office. An aide said the timing of Graves' announcement on the same day as Van Oustel's, you know, vamoosing was totally coincidental. I just hope someone does run against her. And like you said, listen, I want to keep the seats and that's already in the Republican hands. If it's a better Republican, fine. But I do think a Democrat uh, can take it. So if you know, you know, someone or you're in that district, don't count yourself out. Trust me. At this point, I feel like most people are qualified for Congress. (laughs) Oh, I know I am. Apparently, I'm overqualified. So are you. All right. This next one is a good story. President Joe Biden will announce plans Wednesday to purchase an additional 100 million doses of the single-dose Johnson & Johnson COVID-19 vaccine, giving the U.S. more than enough supply to vaccinate the entire U.S. population. So Biden will announce that he is directing his health and human services team to procure the additional doses during a meeting with executives from J&J and Merck, excuse me, who teamed up for this. And that's according to two administration officials. He said this order allows for the president to plan for the future and the latter part of the year, said the White House senior advisor on COVID response, Andy Slavitt. This is wartime, and as facts still emerge, it gives us maximum flexibility for our upcoming needs. Biden said this month the U.S. was on track to have enough vaccine doses for every adult in the country to get vaccinated by the end of May. That's after the Food and Drug Administration gave clearance for the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. Now, Slavitt said it was too early to say when the additional doses would become available. But like you said, this light is getting brighter and brighter. If you have an opportunity to get the J&J, please get it. Mm-hmm. It's, my, it's my preferred. Yeah, and I know it's your preferred. So uh, I'll take whatever they have for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't, don't let it fool you because, you know, the, the Pfizer and Moderna uh, efficacy up above 90, 95% is unheard of. Uh, and a 75% efficacy for Americans for Johnson & Johnson is incredibly high and it's extremely effective. Uh, it just seems, it's just, you know, it seems lower in comparison, but it's it's not. It's extremely, extremely effective. Yeah, and J&J does well with the variants. They know that. And I want, you know, just to think about this, a lot of people get the flu vaccine, which has 50% 
It's a 50% shot that the flu vaccine is actually going to work, but millions and hundreds of millions of people get it. So just get your vaccine, get the COVID-19 vaccine, whatever's offered. Yeah, because if we can slow down this virus, we slow down the variants, we all can go back to normal. So uh, here's something cool. Manhattan prosecutors are again ramping up their investigation into Trump's businesses, taking aim at Westchester County, New York. Uh, It's the estate there that Trump unsuccessfully tried to develop, according to people familiar with the matter. We've talked about this. In recent weeks, Manhattan District Attorney's Office has issued new subpoenas and requested recordings of local government meetings related to the Trump Organization's failed attempt to create a luxury subdivision at Seven Springs. That's a 213-acre property that the former president, former guy, bought for $7.5 million in 1995. Uh, Donald has valued the property at up to $291 million in financial statements that the New York Attorney General's office, uh, which is also investigating Seven Springs, said were given to financial institutions. So falsely inflating the value of that to get loans, probably. Right. And and so that would be against the law. Yeah. You know, in, inflating assets to help secure loans or other financial benefits is a state criminal offense. Uh, and that's according to legal experts. Prosecutors in recent weeks have sent subpoenas to land use lawyer Charles Martabano and engineer Ralph Mastromanomena. Menomena. Menomena. Mastromonaco. There you go. Yeah, he sounds super down to earth. Yeah, I got penny loafers with actual pennies and no socks. Both of Martabano and Mastromonaco, both of whom were involved in planning the Trump Organization's proposal. For Seven Springs Estates. I got a proposal for you. Hey, listen, I'm Master McGonagall. Hey, listen, I got a deal. I'm Maggie McGonagall, and I have got a deal for you. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, sometimes these are just for us. Okay, go ahead. And then he he turns into a cat, and everyone freaks out. No, um, but this is back along those lines I was saying. If anybody advised him against taking these tax deductions... Oh, you know, that's uh, get rid that just disappears his, uh, you know, lack of intent defense. Mm-hmm. Now, Master Monaco confirmed he had received a subpoena and said he had given the district attorney's office materials, including communications with others involved in the project. So, oh, interesting. Uh, also in the news, a second oath keeper seen guarding Roger Stone the morning of the insurrection has been arrested. His name is Josh James. He's been seen in photos flanking Stone. Uh, and uh, he was also seen on camera inside the Capitol amid a crush of rioters who overran the police. The arrest made public a day after prosecutors revealed they had charged fellow Oath Keeper and Stone Security Guard Robert Menuda, that's the guy we talked about earlier in the week, um, for entering the Capitol. This is the latest evidence that, that prosecutors are homing in on the Oath Keepers. The filings also make no secret of the Oath Keepers' connection to Stone, both linking to a New York Times article that described their connection to Roger Stone in the days and hours before the Capitol siege. Hmm. Hmm. Wonder if anybody's going to go flippy. Well, isn't that convenient? And that's special. Yeah, it's special. All right. Mm. Uh, Speaking of the Donald, he seems to be really bad uh, with, with court cases. Uh, he's really bad. He's just really bad at this game. A judge on Tuesday dismissed a lawsuit by the former guy, uh, the former guy's campaign that accused the New York Times of de- uh, defaming uh, it with a 2019 opinion column arguing there was a quid pro quo between the campaign and Russia in 2016. <laughs> There was. Now, the dismissal (laughs) by the Manhattan State Supreme Court Judge James de Auguste. Auguste. I I like, I think we should call him de Guste. De Guste. De Guste. Ah, yeah, he's pretty rad. He sounds very fancy. Yes. So he actually dismissed this, but with prejudice. What that means is that the Trump campaign cannot refile the lawsuit over the op-ed written by former Times executive editor Max Frankel. So the suit by Donald... For Okay, this is the full name, just so you know why I'm saying it this way. The suit by Donald J. Trump for President Inc., <laughs> which was filed in February 2020, had sought damages of millions of dollars. It alleged that the Times published false and defamatory claims in the op-ed headlined the real trump russia quid pro quo uh with the intentional purpose of damaging trump's re-election chances last year (laughs) (laughs) yeah it wasn't the half a million people dead or the suckers and losers or the eight hundred thousand other things it was this it was the op-ed right okay uh but the gusta in a three-page ruling bristly detailed the fatal flaws in the suit that led him to toss the case at the request of the newspaper 
the judge wrote that Frankel's column was legally protected opinion and that the suit failed to establish that Frankel had written his column with, quote, actual malice. And De Gusta said the campaign, in any event, did not have the legal standing to file the suit, which is basically like their motto. You don't have legal standing to file this in court. He's he's heard that a lot. Yeah, no standing. So the merits don't even matter. But even on the merits, it's still not a thing. Um, it's not defamation. It's an op-ed piece in the New York Times. So bye-bye. Hey, good bye-bye. Good bye-bye. Uh, Thank you and bye-bye. <laughs> what part didn't you understand? The bu or the, the bye? bye. All right. Well, we have a lot more news to get to and a discussion with Ellie Honig about the new video the FBI has to help identify the person who left the pipe bombs at the RNC and DNC headquarters the night before the insurrection. So stay with us. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey everybody, it's AG, and this episode of Daily Beans is brought to you by Jenny Kane with modern essentials for wardrobe and home. Jenny Kane has unlocked a secret to an effortless and elevated home and hassle-free gorgeous wardrobe. I love Jenny Kane because it's helped me simplify the way I get dressed. Their curated staples let me look and feel my best no matter my mood or my destination. From wardrobe essentials to beautiful home decor, Jenny Kane has so many amazing pieces. It is now my go-to gift-buying place. I absolutely love it and my go-to shopping destination for all things cozy and classic. My favorite Jenny Kane slippers just arrived. They're amazing, and I love their snuggly knits. My favorite signature piece right now is the cozy sweater from Fisherman and Cocoon. It's lightweight and luxurious. It's got from cashmere to cotton. I'll be wearing these pieces well past winter and for years to come. And Jenny Kane also has everything you need to make your space feel like home. Let Jenny Kane help you design the space of your dreams. They have it all from furniture, pillows, blankets, rugs, kitchen items, clothing, shoes, anything you want. If you want beautiful, timeless pieces you can turn to on a daily basis to make you look and feel your best, I highly recommend Jenny Kane. Their polished basics and home pieces will never go out of style. So find your forever pieces at JennyKane.com and get 15% off your first order when you use code DAILYBEANS at checkout. That's J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com and promo code DAILYBEANS. All right, everybody, welcome back. So Congress approved the sweeping $1.9 trillion coronavirus relief package today, Wednesday, authorizing a flurry of new federal spending and a temporary yet dramatic increase in anti-poverty programs to help millions of families still struggling in, in, you know, during the pandemic right now. I mean, it's been really, really difficult for a lot of people. The vote was 220 to 211, and that was the House of Representatives almost entirely along party lines, and it now sends the bill to Biden's desk. It's one of the largest economic rescue packages in U.S. history, which Democrats had promised to pass as one of their first acts of governance after securing narrow but potent majorities in Washington during the 2020 election. The bill now heads to Biden's desk, who's expected to sign it Friday. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki said the signing comes a day after the president is set to deliver his first primetime television address on the country's response to coronavirus. That's tonight. Wall Street appeared to acknowledge the news. Dow Jones Industrial Average continued to climb. and was about 529 points up by early afternoon. I think it ended up four 450, something like that. Uh, during debate leading up to the vote, Republicans sought to portray the bill as wasteful and unnecessary. And before debate began, Marjorie Taylor Greene tried to delay the vote by making a motion to adjourn Congress. Her stunt drew bipartisan ire. The motion did not pass, and 40 Republicans voted against it. That is more than double the 18 Republicans that voted against her bullshit last week. So it appears her caucus is sick of her shit, too. But Democrats countered that the absence of GOP support after lawmakers crossed the aisle to approve prior stimulus packages reflected the party's own political calculations. In fact, a new poll for Morning Consult shows 75 percent of Americans approve of the bill. That means and here's these are really, really incredible statistics. Ninety percent among Democrats, 71 percent of independents and 59 percent of Republican voters approve this bill. Despite that, the Republican House members continued to lie about the contents of the bill during the debate. And there was one extremely standout moment when Republican Representative Glenn Grothman said on the House floor that black Americans and Black Lives Matter people didn't like the idea of the old fashioned family. Now, Virgin Islands delegate and House impeachment manager Stacey Plaskett delivered an unscheduled response to his overtly racist and deeply disturbing comments. Let's take a listen. I hope my colleague from Wisconsin will not leave at this time as he's talked about Black Lives Matter. How dare you? How dare you say that Black Lives Matter? Black people do not understand old-fashioned families. Despite some of the, it, the issues, some of the things that you have put forward that I've heard out of your mouth in the Oversight Committee, in your own district, 
We have been able to keep our families alive for over 400 years, and the assault on our families to not have black lives or not even have black families. How dare you say that we are not interested in families in the black community? That is outrageous. That should be stricken down. I was going to talk about the American Rescue Plan. We know that this is going to provide relief to not only black lives, black Americans, but all Americans, that we are interested in children and in their welfare. And at this time, I yield back. Absolutely incredible response and um, well-deserved. Uh, I, I, I think that, that those remarks should be stricken. He should be censured. It, it's absolutely... I, I'm surprised that it's not all over the media today, what he said on, on the floor of the House. Now, over the past few days, I've been going over some of the unknown provisions that passed Wednesday in the COVID relief plan and will be signed into law Friday. And today I want to tell you about how the rescue plan fulfills Biden's campaign promise to expand and improve the Affordable Care Act. It will fill the holes in the ACA and make health insurance affordable for more than a million middle class Americans who could not afford insurance under the original law. The American Rescue Plan includes a significant, albeit temporary, expansion of subsidies for health insurance purchased under the act. Under the changes, the signature domestic achievement of the Obama administration will reach middle-income families who have been discouraged from buying health plans on the federal marketplace because they come with high premiums and little or no help from the government. The changes will only last two years, but for some, they will be considerable. The Congressional Budget Office estimated that a 64-year-old earning $58,000 would see monthly payments decline from $1,075 under current law to $412 because the federal government would take up much of the cost. The rescue plan also includes rich new incentives to entice the few holdout states, including Texas, Georgia, and Florida, to finally expand Medicaid to those with too much money to qualify for the federal health program for the poor, but too little to afford private coverage. And because those provisions only last two years, the relief bill almost guarantees that health care will be front and center in the 2022 midterm elections. It's very well thought out. This is when Republicans will attack the measure as a wasteful expansion of a health law that they've long hated. Meantime, some liberal Democrats may complain that the changes only prove the patchwork approach to health care will never work. And those are the, that's the Medicare for all folks, right? Now, that's going to make very interesting debate in 2022. I, I think a debate the Republicans will lose again. Uh, they've lost it every year since this has been a thing. The White House and Democratic backers of the bill says its health care provisions represent the most significant expansion of the Affordable Care Act since it was passed and perhaps the only expansion politically possible. With an evenly divided Senate, they note there is very little chance of passage for a more fundamental restructuring like Medicare for all. Republicans have always said their plan was to repeal and replace the health law, but after 10 years, they have yet to come up with a replacement. And no, the giant blank book that Kayleigh McEnany handed over during that uh, interview that Trump stormed out of doesn't count. Another neat thing in the bill, the Student Loan Tax Relief Act, which was introduced on March 1st by Senators Elizabeth Warren and Bob Menendez, is a part of the $1.9 trillion stimulus package. The legislation would end the current policy that taxes student loans forgiven by the government. So, for example, if the government forgave, say, $10,000 for a borrower who earns $50,000, that person would be spared about $2,200 in taxes levied against that payment. That's according to the senators who wrote the bill. Under the current policy, that $10,000 is considered taxable income when you, when you forgive a loan. And we know people have been calling for Biden to forgive $50,000 of student debt for everyone in America. But we would all be responsible to pay taxes on that like it was income. Sort of like how Trump is on the hook to pay taxes for his $100 million forgiven debt from Fortress Lending uh, that he claimed was a canceled debt. And if he didn't pay taxes on that as income, he could be in trouble. So this is the most substantial step taken to relieve student debt in the United States, which is at $1.6 trillion right now. So this sort of paves the way for, you know, Biden's been against forgiving that $50,000, which he can do. Uh, without legislation, uh, according to officials and according to CBO, but he's been reluctant to do it. Now that they put in the bill, hey, Biden, if you forgive any debt, they don't have to pay taxes on it. But he has to forgive the debt for that to become a reality. But it's in the bill. So that sort of 
makes a little path for Biden to maybe reconsider it, kind of giving him an off ramp to say, you know, I've rethought my position on the $50,000 student loan forgiveness. Now that you don't have to pay taxes on it, which was my concern, maybe I'll go ahead and do that. Who knows? We'll see what happens. We'll keep you posted. Uh, In any case, we will be right back with Ellie Honig, former federal and state prosecutor. We're going to talk about those new FBI tapes of the person who planted the pipe bombs at the RNC and DNC headquarters ahead of the insurrection. So stay with us. Hey, everybody, it's AG, and this portion of the podcast is brought to you by Nebbia. One of my favorite things in life is taking a really good hot shower. The steam gets going, clears up my bronchial area, gets my mind going. I get my best ideas in the shower. It's just a nice little bit of me time in the day. And that's why I'm excited to tell you about Nebbia. They want to empower your shower. It's backed by some of the biggest names in Silicon Valley, including Tim Cook. And it's designed by former Tesla, NASA, and Apple engineers who spent years researching and developing superior shower experiences that save water. And it's anything but ordinary. The Nebbia takes your shower to a completely different level. It's like a steam room combined with an invigorating shower. After a Nebbia shower, I feel like I've been to a day spa. The Nebbia by Moen's Spa Shower. It's Nebbia's most advanced shower yet. It has twice the coverage and half the water usage of standard shower heads, but despite using 45% less water, its spray is 81% more powerful. Now, Nebbia's atomized droplets rinse shampoo and conditioner out of the thickest, longest hair. It can be easily installed in 15 minutes or less without the need for contractors or plumbers, and you can change you can change your shower head. If you can change a light bulb, you can install Nebbia by Moen. Nebbia balances functionality with a clean aesthetic, too, to achieve timeless design. These are really beautiful pieces, and it's available in four premium finishes. White and chrome, spot-resistant nickel, which is what I have, matte black, and black and chrome. And they also offer accessories like shower shelves and shower curtains, which pair perfectly with the shower's design. The Nebbia by Moen Spa Shower starts at $199, but for Daily Beans listeners, we have a deal. For the first 100 people to use the code BEANS at nebbia.com, you'll get 15% off site-wide. Nebbia rarely does deals like this, so jump on it now. Go to nebbia.com slash beans. That's nebbia, N-E-B-I-A dot com slash beans to check out what they have to offer. The first 100 people to use the code BEANS when checking out will save 15%. Again, that's nebbia.com slash beans and use the code beans to save 15%. Everybody, welcome back. I am joined today by former federal and state prosecutor and CNN legal analyst Ellie Honig. Ellie, how are you today? Excellent, Allison. Thank you for having me. Always good to talk to you. How is your podcast, The Third Degree, going? It is going great. It is a lot of fun. I see why you do it. Um, It's great. You know, the response has been wonderful. I appreciate everyone's comments and ratings and all that. And uh, it's a great way to just talk about whatever's happening in the law on a given day. And there's always tons to choose from. Absolutely. Uh, Like today, speaking of the law, uh, yesterday, the FBI released some additional video, two minutes, in fact, of this uh, suspect uh, who left pipe bombs at the RNC and DNC the night before the insurrection, presumably to detract uh, or to, to to pull police presence away from from the insurrection? Perhaps we don't know. But uh, what do you think? What are your top line thoughts on these videos? Do you think that because of them, we'll have a better chance of catching this person? I do, for sure. I, th- there's good news and bad news. I'll start. The bad news is you can't clearly see the person's face or really at all because the person's wearing a hoodie with the hood up and apparently some kind of mask as well. So it's not as if people could look at that uh, that video and go, oh my gosh, that's John Doe. That's somebody I know. However, there are enough clues here that I'm fairly confident the FBI will identify this person. For example, you can see the sneakers fairly carefully, right? They were able to zoom in until they were a certain make of Nikes and that kind of thing. There's also the fact that, you know, the person walks in a sort of distinctive way. And that's not to say you can make a case by saying, look how he walks. But somebody who knows that person is going to recognize the way that person moves, the size, the sneakers, and go, gee, I wonder if that could be so-and-so. You know, you have certain friends, family members, and you just know who they are by their body language, the way they move, the way they walk. (laughs) So it's going to lead to probably more tips, probably, you know, more tips than they would want. But I'm confident that these videos are going to lead to the capture of this person. I also should say, if the person was stupid enough to have his cell phone on him and it was on, that will help the FBI as well. Because the technology that's available now, if you get a warrant in some cases, um, you can tell essentially where that cell phone is with, with, with a fair degree of precision at a certain 
date and time and location. So if I had to bet, I, I would say I think the FBI is going to be able to build off that video and find who this person is. Yeah, and there were other interesting things in the video, too. For example, there was a, a person who walked by with a service animal or walking their dog. I'm not sure which, but perhaps that person can be contacted to see if they have any information on who the person they walked by that night was. Yeah, I mean, that would be a, a, a definite lead to follow up. I wouldn't be particularly optimistic because, you know, people walk past each other all the time. And if you don't know the person, there's no unless the person's doing something conspicuous, you wouldn't necessarily remember it. But I think the more likely scenario is somebody who knows this guy. And I, by the way, I saw on the news, someone was saying, well, guy or girl, I mean, that appears to be a male, but just based on the build and the movements and that kind of thing. But um, somebody who knows this person is going to say, gee, I wonder if that that really kind of looks like and is, you know, dresses like and moves like this, you know, whoever, the, the guy I work with at the sandwich shop or the guy who uh, was my intern last year, the guy who lives next door, the guy, who, you know, the guy I went on a date with once, whatever it may be. I think that's where this is more likely to break than the by. I mean, you certainly, if you can identify that bystander walking the dog, by all means, you want to interview that person. But I, I don't have a lot of hope that that person's going to remember anything distinctive about uh, this person you walk by um, one night. Yeah, perhaps not. Um, and uh, something else that happened to uh, uh, Eagle Eye on Twitter named Soy Chica, who was then retweeted by Lincoln's Bible, our friend, noticed that the suspect looked directly at the cameras on a couple of occasions. Is that by accident, do you think? Is there anything to read into that? Um, I would I would assume that there's a, the person was looking, right? Because the person knew what they were doing. The person knew they were setting these bombs. And um, it wouldn't surprise me at all if the person was trying to see if there are cameras. And, and I should say, one thing that's really changed about law enforcement in the last 15, 20 years is virtually anything that happens outside in any kind of populated area, especially a city area like where this was, and I know that area pretty well, just south of the Capitol building, is going to be captured on surveillance, whether it's just an individual home, a nest camera, gas stations have cameras. Virtually every building has some sort of external surveillance at this point. And so I, I can't even, I mean, enormous numbers of crimes have been solved by video. We've seen a lot of those videos, right? Even of police shooting incidents or, um, you know, you, everyone has seen the, these videos that get taken, even if not by bystanders with cell phones, just based on these cameras that are whirling 24 hours a day. So um, it wouldn't surprise me at all. And I, I, I suspect this person was trying to look and see, like, is there a camera? Where is it? Um, because he knew what he was doing was extremely dangerous and illegal. Mm, yeah. And you can also tell because they were wearing a hoodie with the hood up and glasses and the mat, like they were obviously trying to hide from surveillance like that, especially south of the Capitol. Of course. Um, and now finally, what kind of charges? Uh, I mean, I, I imagine if, you know, if and when, and I'm, I'm going to say when they, they nab this person. Yeah. Uh, they'll be trying to find out if they acted alone, if, if someone told them to do it, if it was a, a some sort of conspiracy to do it, like to detract the law enforcement. And then also what other kind of charges just b by nature of planting uh, real explosive devices at RNC, DNC, would, you, would they be charged with? Yeah, the charges here are going to be heavy. We're looking at uh, use of explosives. Um, potential terrorism charges. These even could be certain explosives can be uh, classified under federal law as weapons of mass destruction. I know people hear that phrase and think about nuclear bombs, but they actually can apply much more broadly than that. Um, potentially attempted murder charges. I mean, you are looking at charges that are these aren't three-year, these aren't five-year, these aren't trespassing in the capital type charges. These are decades-long charges. The person appears to be a young person, again, just based on sort of the totality of how the person dresses and moves. So this is a person who's who, if and when caught, is looking at decades, perhaps the rest of his life behind bars. And for that reason, as a prosecutor, I'm focusing on exactly what you just said, Allison, trying to flip this guy and get him to tell me who else, if anybody— I guess it's possible he acted alone, but I want to know who else was involved, who else was he planning with, plotting with, because he is going to be very, very heavily incentivized to turn. And for all the bravado of some of these groups and all the flag waving and all the patch wearing of the Proud Boys and, and the Boogaloo Boys, they're going to watch how quick they turn on each other, because I did mafia cases and, you know, groups with much longer history of much worse uh, <laughs> violent behavior than than this, and they will turn on each other when it's their own back against the wall. So I expect these guys, it, it's a very sobering thing to see your name on the other side of United States versus. So I, I expect these, these folks to flip on each other 
quite readily. Mm, yeah, I'm also sort of expecting that. Now we've got two Oath Keepers that were seen guarding Roger Stone out front of his hotel the morning of the insurrection who have now been arrested. I'm really interested to see if they're going to cut any kind of a deal as well, because I I mean, assuming Roger Stone was involved in any of the planning of this. Yeah, it, it would be something I would certainly be digging into if these if these folks are willing to flip. I would want to know who else was involved. And if Roger Stone was one of them and, and they can prove it, then then so be it. Yeah. Well, I hey, I appreciate your time today. This is really fascinating stuff. Thanks for going over the potential charges and, and your top line thoughts on these on these new videos released by the FBI of the potential, uh, well, the actual bombing suspect for the RNC and DNC the night before the insurrection. Everybody check out Ellie's podcast. It's called The Third Degree. You can find it on Cafe Preet's Joint, right? <laughs> That's right. Preet's Joint. Exactly. Happy to be. <laughs> oh, look, I'm reunited with Preet. He was my boss at the SDNY. I missed him. And now we're reunited. Is he is he throwing his name in the hat back for SDNY? Do you know? No, he wouldn't. He, he it, it, it wouldn't be, I don't think I'm giving away any state secrets here, but it, people don't usually go back and do the job again. I, I think he's, I think he's going to stick with us at cafe for a bit. <laughs> awesome. Team, <laughs> team pled all the way. Well, I appreciate your time. All right, AG. For, thank you. Former federal and state prosecutor, CNN legal analyst, Ellie Honig. Have a great day. You too. Thanks. Everybody stick around. We'll be right back with the good news. Hello, everyone. It's AG. And this segment of the Daily Beans is brought to you by Scouts Honor. As pet parents, working from home has given us more time to spend with our furry loved ones. Uh, Anyway, you know, we're more aware of our pets' daily needs now, though, too. So while we get to spend more time with them, we might notice that they might itch more or they're a little stinky. But that is why I love Scouts Honor. You have to check it out. It's my go-to pet brand for grooming products that will help with itch relief, odor control, and overall healthy skin and coat. I recently got the Grooming Essentials Kit with probiotic shampoo, conditioner, and deodorizer, and Olive has never looked or smelled better. Scouts Honor probiotic grooming products are scientifically proven. They're a natural solution for treating your pet's skin problems. When applied to the skin, probiotics support healthy bacteria and fight against the bad bacteria. That bad bacteria is what causes irritation and smell. You can choose from their amazing fragrances like honeysuckle and lavender. My favorite, the one I'm using now, is sandalwood vanilla, which they call dog of the woods. (laughs) With every purchase, Scouts Honor provides one day's worth of meals for a rescue animal in need, and I love that. And with Scouts Honor, your pet will never look, feel, or smell better. Check out all Scouts Honor's award-winning products today. Check it out online, wherever pet supplies are sold. And to receive 20% off your first order, go to Scouts Honor com slash daily beans and remember that scouts with a k scoutshonor.com slash daily beans for 20 percent off your order scouts honor natural and preventative grooming solutions for pets hey everybody welcome back it's time for the good news well we're blown on good news is on the way All right. It is Thursday. We have the good news. If you have any good news, submit it to us by going to dailybeanspod.com and clicking on contact. So if it's good news, confessions, corrections, a dispute you want settled tomorrow in Amy's court because she will be with us. Amy Carrero. Uh, Misheard song lyrics. Uh, Something that you, you know, like a... I was today years old when I learned, like, (laughs) one of those dumb moments that we all have. Those are fun. (laughs) And uh, also, uh, what else do we have? Oh, oh, what's the, what the mutt? That's it. What the mutt? What the mutt in your happy places. Yep, and happy places. You could submit a picture of your rescue dog, your mixed breed dog, and we will try to guess what's in there. What's in there? Okay. Let's kick this off with a uh, submission from Anonymous, pronouns she and her, to the Queens of Beans. Been listening since Comey spoke those infamous words, Lordy, I hope there are tapes. Thank you for the deep dives that help connect so many dots. Like Rachel, your broadcast helped me see the bigger picture, and I feel like I wasn't just parent being paranoid about what was happening to our democracy as suggested at the time by my husband. He came around <laughs> eventually. <laughs> These days, the news has been better. And to contribute to that, here's a misheard lyric story from my family's past. When my daughter had just started preschool, my mom got buttonholed by an energetic young fundraiser who was going door-to-door selling cassettes of educational kids' music titled Safety Pup. These were basically public health and safety messages put to music with catchy lyrics. After the pint-sized saleswoman belted out a few samples for my mom, she made an easy sale and my daughter got some new listening material. For me, it was a welcome break from the endless repetition of whatever current Disney movie my daughter was fixated on. Soon I knew most of the songs and would join in when my daughter would start warbling about the meaning of colors in traffic lights and the personal hygiene of people who smoked. (laughs) I found that one ironic since the grandma who gave her the tape was a chain smoker whose house we did not enjoy visiting. (laughs) Another song was about taking care of yourself with lyrics that went, You've only got one body. 
Why not show it you care? You've only got one body. Start by being aware. Your body is a clean machine. Keep it fit and feeling fine. You've only got one body. It's not. It's got to last a long, long time. Now, my daughter's been singing this one often and loudly and very much in public for weeks. <laughs> but before that day, she finally turned to me and said, but mommy, our house has two potties. <laughs> I almost died realizing I had not really heard exactly what she was singing the whole time. Your potty is a clean machine. Keep it fit and feeling fine. You've only got one potty. It's got to last a long, long time. That's amazing. (laughs) Crying with laughter, I had to wonder if anyone listening had thought my daughter was extolling to random strangers the virtues of hygienic home maintenance. Years later, I repeated the story to my then-college-bound daughter and the three girls who were going to share an apartment with a single bathroom. They all got a good laugh out of Safety Pup's message. Cute. (laughs) What a great story. That is great. Thank you for that. We've got more. We're going to continue on. This one's from Anonymous, pronouns she and her. Good news and a confession. Good news number one. My husband and I are both essential workers, and as of yesterday, we are both now vaccinated. Woohoo! Good news number two. Both sets of our parents are also vaccinated. Good news number three. My vegan bangs, a.k.a. very bad lockdown self-haircut of April 2020, have now completely grown out. And over the course of the year, I have passed through hair resembling Patty Duke circa 1960 to Robert Smith circa 1984 to Bon Jovi around 87 to Robert Plant circa 71. All right, whatever. It's way better now. Now my confession. I bought five boxes of Girl Scout cookies from my friend's daughter, and my husband and I decided to hide them from our 12-year-old. They're all gone now, and the kid never even knew they were even there. We have no guilt and no regrets. (laughs) That's fantastic. Wonderful. Cookies for you. Uh, Thank you for that. Yeah, vegan bangs. That's one of my old jokes. Um, I cut people with super short bangs. I call them vegan bangs. Uh, let's see. Next up from Erica, pronoun she and her. Hello. I just have to say I'm loving all your games that you've been playing in the good news segment. It's been such good fun. We all could use for the no good, terrible four years we've all just had to live through. Laughter is a fantastic stress reliever. Here's my Mondegreen. Well, actually, it's not mine. It's my son, Jonah, or Johans. Excuse me. He's now 11, but when I was, when he was five, I would attempt to put him down for a nap playing music since it seemed to calm him down so he could actually sleep. One day, he was peacefully snoozing on the couch to John Lennon's Imagine, and that, you know, that started playing. And as soon as the refrain, Imagine All the People, came on, he he woke up, sat straight up, and belted in his best kindergartner voice, Imagine All the Pickles! (laughs) I almost died of laughter. And to this day, that's the way we all sing it, loudly, and Imagining All the Pickles, Living Life in Peace. Amen to that. (laughs) I don't have any pod pet pictures, but I'm sending a picture of my son and I at the age he was when this happened. Look at this kid. Oh, my goodness. He's cute. That hair is fantastic. Oh, they're both adorable. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Mm. I love it. Thanks, Erica. All right. This next one's from Alda, pronoun she and her. I am a one, I'm a one-shot wonder. I got my Johnson & Johnson vaccine Monday, just like getting the flu shot. Very happy I, I am emergency personnel. Guess that dog breed and her age. This is Samantha. She's my brother-in-law's dog. She's very sweet. Any small animal or human is a baby to her, and she loves babies. Clearly, there is healer in that, that blue healer that we keep seeing. Australian Shepherd Dog. Yeah. Uh, chocolate lab. Yeah. And maybe whip it. Uh, yeah. I mean, definitely. I see whip it. Like I said, chocolate lab, maybe. Um, obviously we're talking about the bigger ones. So th- that's what I have. we got one more picture. How old? I think that oh. pup is <gasps> 14. That's what I was thinking. That straight on looks good, like it's got a schnauzer in it, but I'm always wrong with the schnauzer. Well, apparently this is a c- Catahoula leopard dog. Oh, naturally. <laughs> i'm sorry i didn't mean to pull out the speaker i moved away from the microphone on that too that was just perfectly said of course it is of course that's a catahoula leopard dog i uh, was kidding and she turned 18 the side re- reference um is maggie the dachshund and Django fett the beagle they also belong to the brother-in-law Okay, well, so that was cute. a full-bred dog that I've never heard of, but there you go. She's beautiful. Yeah, Catahoula leopard dog. Yeah. Like you do. Uh, all right, let's see here. Next up, from Jay Corndog, pronouns he and him. 
Jay Corndog. Greetings, AG and DG and AC. I'm actually CG myself, but I'm going incognito for now. First off, let me say that I understand weekends are well-deserved and truly important times for your mental and physical health, but for me, they're sort of downers because it means no beans. You always accompany me on my daily three-mile morning walk, but it isn't just the same without your ray of sunshine. Oh, thank you. I have a couple of good news items to offer you from last week. First and foremost, my wife and I both got our second shot. Yahoo! And the only physical effects were a couple of sore arms for a day, which was easily offset by our feelings of relief and gratitude. Second, I finished your buddy Frank Figluzzi's fabulous book, The FBI Way, and I wanted to give it six out of five stars. Best of all, I listened to the audio version. Now I'm always skeptical when authors read their own books, but his voice was perfect for it. It exuded confidence, pride, empathy, and passion, and he was like a master storyteller throughout. It's a must-read or listen for any and all of your listeners. Sorry I don't have any pet tax to pay. After four decades of cats, our last one left us a few years ago. We're pushing 70 now, and we pretty quickly realized we could pack up and go places without worrying about arranging for a cat sitter, stock up on cat food, etc. In a word, freedom. However, living in a rural area, I can offer up some local wildlife that I think of as only animals that love me. The only animals that really love me. During the warmer months, they enjoy snuggling up to me, and they usually form a very strong attachment. My collective name for them is blood-sucking bastards, but generally, <laughs> they go by mosquito, tick, and chigger. Thanks for all you do, AG and DG. You two inspire me with your dedication, humor, clarity, depth of knowledge, humor, and your obvious love or what you provide us all. Great voices don't hurt either. Take care and keep the F-bombs coming. Ooh, mosquitoes. Oh, gross. My God. Oh, God. Oh, what is wrong with... Uh, no, wait. Hey, what is wrong... Jay, corndog. You were grounded. <laughs> grounded. Although I would like to know what you took those... Ugh, I don't even know what that last thing is. It's, it's yeah, a tick. It's a chigger. Ugh. It's a chigger. Yeah. No, no. Don't send me tick pics. Oh. <laughs> I hope the tick pic doesn't I don't need tick pics either. No, God, no woman wants to see your tick pics. I promise you that. <laughs> All right. You take the last <sighs> Okay, this one's from Anonymous. Super short. It was the 80s. Both the Cold War and our hair were at their height. And my friend's little brother thought the chorus to Queen's Headlong was anti-Russian hair dog. Hair dog. (laughs) That's what it sounds like. Or... And then what's the final line? Something about a goat? Yeah, th- to me, it sounds like, I got a new goat, which is not what it says, but that's what I hear in the song. So listen to Queen's <laughs> Headlong, and you'll hear, Anti-Russian hair dog, I got a new goat. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. It was the 80s, both yep. Cold War and our hair. We're at Super height. fast. All right. This next one's from Jonah, pronoun she and her. I love the name Jonah for a pronoun she and her. This is a misheard lyrics adjacent story. I am born and raised Hoosier and naturally went to Indiana U- University for my undergraduate years. Since he is also Hoosier and has a home nearby, it's not uncommon to see John Mellencamp around Bloomington. In the early 2000s, he was still married to Elaine, who is amazingly gorgeous in real life, and their kids were elementary-aged, i.e. they were around a lot. Now, one summer night, I was out to eat with a group of friends, and I realized that John and Elaine were sitting a few tables away. Now, I had met them both a couple of times in passing, but my friends had not, and that they were all very excited that someone famous was at the same place we were. Anyway, I was sitting on the end of the booth facing their table. John got up and started walking toward our table, and someone said something about it. One of my dear friends said, I know a John Mellencamp song, and started singing at the top of her lungs. I got my first real six string. I got my first real six string. Now, for those of you who don't know, Brian Adams sings Summer of 69, not John Cougar Mellencamp. So that's not even his song. I have never been more embarrassed in my life than I was that night that JCM made eye contact with me as someone sang the wrong song to him for probably the umpteenth time. Uh, thanks for the news with swears, his tax. Here's some pictures of the dogs, Fat Lucy and my sweet and sassy Lena dancing the, to 80s music at Christmas pajamas. Oh. Oh. The babies. Jonah, this is so funny. I we were my friend uh, Joel and I were at a, an air supply concert at the Orleans Casino yes. in Vegas in two thousand three, and we were both quite drunk. And I and it wasn't a very big concert. There was only a couple hundred people <laughs> there to see air oh supply. Oh my god, that's really funny, including us and uh, some elderly folks you know there to see air supply and it's like in the middle of one of the more quiet parts between songs i just screamed play man eater whoops and uh the listeners will note that man eater is hollow notes not not air supply no 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 (laughs) 
So I'm 20-something in this dress, like this little dress with my martini in a plastic cup saying, sing man-eater with the, you know, at Air Supply. Amazing. My Good times. Air Supply is making love out of nothing at all. Making love. I know just how to whisper and I know just how to cry. Okay. That is my favorite. You know what was great is they, t- they told this story on stage. They were like, yeah. Uh, a lot of people ask us how we met. Um, we met on the set of Jesus Christ Superstar. And Joe was like, of course they did. And I went, wait, they're gay? <laughs> <laughs> and Joel just laughed at me for like an hour. Oh, dear. <laughs> wait, are they singing about each other? Are they singing to each other? Oh, that's amazing. I had no idea. Hilarious. Anyway, interesting, interesting times. And I love that, John. I know a John Mellencamp song. <laughs> my so God. good. I got my first real six string. Sit string. down, sit down, sit down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good times. Thank you for these submissions. Everyone, if you have some good news to send in or song lyrics or guess the what the mutt, send them in to uh, dailybeanspod.com. Click on contact. Uh, Dana, do you have anything you want to say before we get out of here for the... There is nothing. Nothing I want to say, AG. I want you to sign off. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Will do. Everyone, until tomorrow, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health. I've been AG. And I've been DG. <laughs> Them's the beans. The Daily Beans is directed, written, and hosted by executive producer Allison Gill and engineered and edited by Mackenzie Mazzell and Starburns Audio. Staff writers include Dana Goldberg, Amy Carrero, and Allison Gill. Our copy is written by Jesse Egan, and our marketing manager, executive assistant, and social media director is Kanai. Fact-checking and research by Allison Gill, Dana Goldberg, and Amy Carrero. Our music is written and performed by They Might Be Giants. Our web design and branding are by Joel Reeder and Moxie Design Studios. And our website is dailybeanspod.com. Hey everybody, do not miss our Daily Beans After Party on the Stereo app. We'll be going live every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. Dana and I want to hear from you. Our last stereo show went a little bit like this. Following the rules, making changes. <laughs> you know, Being ethical and shit. I'm sorry, what? Being ethical? I know. Who the fuck ever heard of that? For the last four <laughs> years, we didn't remember any of that. I want to have a shirt. Just out here being ethical and shit. I love oh my it. god. All right, let's see what we got next here. Rosie here. <clears throat> Raphael is a certified loon. He's goofy as a damn cartoon. Betrayed our great land. We don't understand. Fuck you, Ted. Go back to Cancun. <laughs> Thank you, Rosie. See, this is what I'm talking about, the creativity. Oh, that was a good one. Oh, my God. Thank you. Uh, What a piece of shit. I am getting real sick and tired, too, of of people on on Twitter and the social media saying, Texas gets what it deserves. No. Um, Yeah. This is not the the spirit of the Democratic Party. I have been saying forever, when, you know, when we win back the White House, when we win Congress, every American deserves health care, uh, access to education, um, it's just everything you put, the ballot box, right, you know, access to the ballot box, everything, every American deserves that, no matter who you voted for. And that's mm-hmm. this, that's what I wanted to set us, that's what sets us apart from Republicans.